the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we are going to be chatting today about, um, uh, of course, illegal immigration news, what's been happening. But we also want to mention, we also want to go uh, some into this issue of uh, fake news. And uh, we've had a couple of big incidents happening uh, this past week uh, where uh, the, um, of course, BuzzFeed did the fake report on uh, Mr. Trump, as well as uh, this sad situation with the kids from Covington uh, Catholic High School uh, being uh, assailed um, by a liberal, by, a, by this uh, character, and then the media just jumped on it. So uh, I, I want to chat uh, as far as w- what happens with local when it's happening at the local level, and we're not we're not very very conscious of it. I've got a great example of it, but we're going to do the uh, the news update, and uh, also we've got a great interview with a good friend of mine, Mr. Silvio Canto, about uh, the situation with the um, uh, with President Trump's proposal uh, to the Democrats and what's happening. So um, uh, stick around, call your friends, tell them that uh, to join us. Once again, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas, exposing fake news and upsetting liberals. <laughs> Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 9:30 AM. The answer. All right, continuing with our discussion about uh, with our update on illegal immigration news, uh, let's turn to media bias and uh, illegal immigration. I think this is this is a very important topic that we need to to focus on that we need to understand. First of all, uh, there is a, stu- a a CBS documentary. Uh, that uh, is trying to justify illegal immigration. CBS News is doing a, do- a documentary called Families in Crisis, Illegal Immigration, and it has uh, recently highlighted a father in El Salvador with a five-year-old son. Um, this, uh, it, it, uh, it's uh, airing, or it aired, should I say, on January 22nd. Uh, Rafa Altu- Arturo, and that's his alias name because this gentleman is is uh, an illegal alien uh, deportee from the United States, as well as he is trying to get back in. So uh, he's not going to use his his real name. So anyway, this uh, Rafa Arturo said that he will do whatever it takes to get into the United States, including breaking the law to bring his son into the United States. Very noble, very, very noble, very noteworthy. But when he says that uh, he's going to do whatever it takes, including breaking immigration law. You know, you got to wonder. At any rate, uh, Arturo, uh, Rafa Arturo is considered, uh, is also considered a DACA child because uh, he says, he claims that he was brought into the United States by his parents uh, and that he grew up uh, in, in the Los Angeles area. Um, but between 1992 and 2001, here's, here's a catch, okay? Between two, 1992 and 2001, the LAPD uh, records show that Arturo was convicted of three theft-related crimes, burglary, possession of stolen property, and grand theft. And thus, he was deported back to El Salvador in 2009. However, the documentary plays on the sympathy, uh, on the sympathy of the public for uh, Rafa Arturo and talks about the violence and the poverty in, uh, in El Salvador and Arturo's desire to give his son a safe and secure future by bringing him to the United States. Again, my friends, 
That's very noteworthy. That's very, very noble for a parent. However, does it excuse him from breaking immigration laws to come into the United States? This man could enter the United States legally, legally with his child. But because it is a lengthy, time-consuming process and because of his record, and because of his record, is he justified in breaking immigration laws to enter? Really, I mean, let's think about it. Let's be logical. Let's be unemotional. The liberal media, once again, CBS and the liberal media, is excusing and rewarding illegal immigration by using emotionalism, by using emotionalism uh, to ignore the rule of law. However, once we justify, let's make sure that we understand that once we justify and reward illegal immigration or criminal behavior by our emotions, once we justify it and reward it, because rewarding it could be could be allowing the gentleman to come back into the United States and then to participate as a citizen eventually to receive all of the all of the benefits, privileges and rights. Are we accepting? Are we accepting? Are we on a slippery slope downhill by accepting this criminal behavior and justifying illegal immigration? My friends, we are accepting and inviting more criminal behavior. This is a fact. This is what we need to address. This is what we need to work on. Now, we've got uh, one more item, and we will be right back. We will be right back talking with more local news media bias and uh, immigration news. So don't go away. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP, 930 AM, The Answer. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, let's start with uh, illegal immigration news, uh, an update, uh, starting with um, this past uh, Monday on uh, the 20th and uh, running through what's been going on um, up until now. Uh, first of all, big news coming out of uh, out of uh, San Diego. This is being reported by the um, uh, by the San Diego News Tribune. Uh, or Union Tribune, excuse me. And uh, it really, really shows what is happening now that uh, there is a zero tolerance uh, on illegal immigration. Uh, court cases, court cases for uh, uh, apprehensions of illegal aliens uh, in the San Diego area are up. Okay, you're ready, you're ready for this number. They are up 29,000, 29,000%. That, according to the San Diego Union Tribune, and that was reported this past Tuesday, uh, January 22nd. Uh, apparently, San Diego's federal ca- court caseload on what they call misdemeanor unlawful entry, or that is the apprehension of illegal aliens at, at, the, uh, at the border, has increased 29,268% uh, in the past year, just the past year. Uh, in 2017, in 2017, they counted 22 cases, such cases. Okay, again, because the vast majority of people were being uh, were being let go, were being just released, and there was no there was no court date on it. But now that they are being detained, that they are being apprehended and processed, in 2018, just last year, there were 6,461 cases, just in San Diego, just in San Diego. Now, these are the folks that are caught, okay? The liberals feel that those, uh, of course, they're, they're talking that these numbers reflect that the president's zero-tolerance policy. It's just a reflection of his zero-tolerance policy, and it doesn't mean that there are more illegal aliens entering. However, however, it does accurately show the massive number of illegal aliens attempting to enter the United States. That, that, that cannot be denied. These numbers indicate apprehensions by the Border Patrol agents who are merely doing their job to enforce the law and stop illegal immigration. The figures also show, in my opinion, they also show the large scale, and I'm going to use the word, the large scale invasion of illegal aliens uh, that we have at the border. It is a crisis. Anybody who says that it's not, I'm sorry, I'm not sure exactly what what world they're looking at, they're living in or what kind of statistics they're looking at. Secondly, another uh, another. Uh, uh, news item that came out of Utah this time, uh, little old Utah, 
where a human smuggling case was uh, was uh, caught. Uh, Homeland Security investigators uh, in Summit County, Utah, arrested a man last Friday, January 20, January 18th, on suspicion of smuggling illegal aliens for money. Uh, Rolando Gomez Gomez, age 33, was stopped for traffic violations and presented a false ID card. Okay, so not only was he involved in alien trafficking, human trafficking, he also had uh, uh, false identification on him. Further investigation by the officers revealed that Gomez Gomez's real name uh, uh, or have not been able to uh, determine his real name. Uh, and uh, that he's been arrested uh, several times for using aliases and for smuggling uh, illegal aliens. I, you know, again, my friends, here is an individual who's in the United States illegally and who is involved in criminal activity. Repeatedly, repeatedly. The effects of illegal immigration and illegal alien crime, my friends, are reaching deeper and deeper into the smaller communities of America all over the place. Okay, and another item, and another item, and this one, this this one really, really gets you know uh, gets my blood boiling. Uh, an activist judge has granted constitutional right protections to an illegal alien in Baltimore, Maryland. A liberal court uh, judge, Miss Catherine uh, Blake, out of Baltimore, has issued a temporary restraining order against the deportation uh, by ICE of uh, a Salvadoran uh, illegal alien named Roxana Orellano Santos. What is the rationale for her blocking that uh, deportation? Well, it's her, the judge's opinion that Santos has civil rights protections under the uh, under the Constitution, and she is entitled to finish out a lawsuit that she brought against the Frederick, Maryland uh, sheriff's deputy who blo- who who um, uh, arrested her in the first place, and thereby because uh, until she finishes out that lawsuit. Uh, her her deportation has been blocked. So let's get this straight, my friends. She was picked up. She was picked up by the the uh, Maryland Sheriff's Department. She was detained because she had false IDs and because she had a few other things, and because obviously she was here in the country illegally, and she was turned over to ICE. Well, she has filed a suit against the Sheriff's Department for them doing their job, and because of that uh, lawsuit. She cannot be deported because the judge says that uh, that that her rights need to be uh, need to be protected. The order by uh, this judge Blake is going to expire in about ten days, although uh, it can be renewed. But uh, again, the deportation is stopped. In the meantime, my friends, she has several attorneys. Her attorneys, so Santos's attorneys, are also attempting to negotiate damages. Uh, regarding her civil rights case against the Frederick County Sheriff's Department. So she's going to get she 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 is she has filed not only a a lawsuit against the uh, the uh, Sheriff's Department for them doing their job. But now now uh, she's being protected against ICE deporting her. While federal and state law enforcement agents, my friends, all over the country want to do everything to enforce the law, whether it's immigration law or any law. Illegal aliens are being given the same rights, privileges, and benefits as legal, lawful citizens by activist judges. Let me ask you this question, as I've asked it before, my friends. What's the point? What's the point of having a constitution and, and having and, and you being a lawful, legal citizen if judges are going to uh, give the same rights to somebody that entered the country illegally? Furthermore, what's the point of having a constitution that uh, allows for federal, for, for uh, state and, le- and federal legislative bodies to pass laws if judges are going to change those laws or ignore them? What's the point? I mean, this is the kind of situation that we're looking at in, 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 in the court, in the activist courts all over the place. One thing is to have civil rights. We just celebrated the, uh, the, uh, uh, anniversary, the birth date of uh, Martin Luther King, my friends, a great gentleman who pushed for civil rights, for the, uh, for equality under the law for everyone. But he also pushed for equality under the law for citizens, for citizens. He never said that the world should have the same uh, rights uh, under the Constitution as the citizens of, of America. He talked about American citizens having equality and having rights. 
Unfortunately, we've got a philosophy now that has invaded our our court system, our uh, school system, has invaded us. That says that everyone is uh, entitled to um, everyone is entitled to uh, to to justice under the law, even though they are not citizens, even though they are not legal residents of the United States. Then what is the point? Then what is the point? If we're going to look at it like that, my friends, suppose. Some uh, terrorist is arrested in Iraq by the United States. Are we going to do a trial, a legal American-style trial for such an individual? You know, suppose during World War II, all of those German and Japanese uh, enemy soldiers that were captured, should we have given them all uh, constitutional uh, trials in the United States? I mean, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. What is the point of being a citizen if everyone else gets the same rights and privileges? Once again, my friends, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with some more updates on illegal immigration news. Stay tuned. Tell your friends. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, of course. And want to make you aware of El Conservador Conservative Opinions, my book, which is available on Amazon.com. It is a compilation of essays on issues ranging from uh, illegal immigration to fake news. And I hope that you will go to Amazon.com and purchase the book, El Conservador Conservative Opinions. Also, if you are interested, you can follow El Conservador on the website at ElConservador.com, as well as on Facebook. El Conservador, and on Twitter, El Conservador. If you want to keep up on a day-to-day basis on what's happening information-wise, please join us at on the website or Facebook page. Also, one more thing. Um, speaking engagements. On Monday, February 4th, I will be speaking at the Aggie Club in San Antonio at 11 a.m. at uh, 6205 West Avenue. That's the Aggie Club, Monday, February 4th at 11 a.m. On February 21st, I will be in Dallas speaking to the Far North Dallas Tea Party. That's on Thursday, February 21st in Dallas. Once again, my friends, thank you for your support. And now back, uh, should I say, to uh, El Conservador and more news and information. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930 a.m., all right, continuing our, our, our discussion on our, our update on illegal immigration news and specifically focusing on fake news, my friends, because uh, as we just uh, chatted a few moments ago, the CBS uh, documentary that uh, Families in Crisis, Illegal Immigration, it, uh, it highlights from a very, very emotional point of view the plight of these uh, illegal aliens. And again, my friends, we feel sorry. We, we, our humanity goes out to folks that are suffering all over the world. However, however, we have got to understand that we have to have control of the border. We have to make sure that we invite people into the country. We don't, they don't break in. We invite them. The second thing that we've got to understand is that we've got to know who's coming into the house and who's coming into our country. We've got to know who they are. If they are good people, great. If they are uh, bad people, all right, let's screen them out. The second thing that we've got to understand is that when emotionalism takes over, I mean, you know, I was talking to a dear friend of mine the other day who um, who has married for love three times, <laughs> three times he's married for love. And I asked him, I said, so have you learned anything from this? And uh, he says, well, I, you know, I just get too emotional. I get, well, all right, I guess, I guess. And uh, three times he's done it. Three times he's gotten divorced. And what kind of a divorce has it been? It has not been a quiet, amical divorce. It's been an emotional divorce, just like it was an emotional uh, get-together with his, uh, with his uh, former wives. And it's the same thing. It's the same. Anytime that you do something emotional, you, you lose control of yourself. You lose control of whatever you're trying to accomplish. You know, uh, playing football, I remember. The coaches always used to say, you know, keep your emotions under control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once they get out of control, you lose focus. That is the same thing that's happened politically with, uh, with the issue of immigration. And unfortunately, it's the very same thing that's happening when it comes to reporting. Let's go to this next uh, example, this next report regarding local news bias. And this is local news bias and immigration. You know, given the recent incidents 
of media bias, including the BuzzFeed false report um, about uh, Donald Trump and him telling his uh, underlings to lie, uh, which turned out to be, you know, an absolute fake. And uh, this uh, recent situation on last last Sunday uh, regarding the co- the Covington High School uh, Catholic School um, uh, students uh, who were uh, claimed that uh, they were being racist against a Native American who in a- actuality provoked them. You know, uh, these are examples. These are very, very blatant, very, very open examples of the national news media because the national news media jumped all over those stories immediately, jumped all over them. Well, there's an, there are other examples of uh, local media bias. Um, most recently, uh, on Wednesday, January twenty third, uh, there was an article that was run in the uh, Liberal San Antonio Express, where no less than uh, five uh, liberal uh, pro illegal alien uh, individuals were interviewed, including including Chuck Schumer, okay, uh, by a reporter, but only one, only one. Uh, person that uh, was talking about uh, illegal immigration that was anti-illegal immigration. Only one. Only one. You know, when we've got that kind of situation, my friends, when we've got that kind of a situation, the news bias is really, really, uh, is really in full gear. And the sad situation, my friends, is that quite often we as readers, as Americans, don't recognize it. We don't recognize it. We go along with the sympathetic, sad news story, and we don't recognize the facts. The facts. Uh, Again, it's sad and it's tragic that we've got folks breaking into our country because they are desperate, because they are they fear violence and they they are uh, fear they they are impoverished. But fear and poverty are not the reason are not reasons to break the law. Otherwise, all of us would be breaking the law. Everybody. Everybody would be breaking the law. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930. We'll be right back. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on KLUP, The Answer. Um, Just uh, to let everybody know that yesterday, uh, uh, last night, uh, which was Friday evening here in San Antonio, we had a, a spectacular uh, event, uh, or at least I thought it was <laughs> it was really great. Um, the Fox News uh, National Network was here in town holding a town hall, uh, a special town hall on uh, the immigration crisis. And uh, it was great. I was very, very well attended. And uh, Brian Kilmeade from, uh, from the Fox Network was here. It's great to meet him. Uh, Brian also did uh, his show yesterday at um, at eleven o'clock. Did it here from uh, from uh, our studio, and it was uh, it was great to meet him. I have been interviewed a couple of times by Brian uh, on um, on the Fox um, and Friends morning show, uh, but this was the first time I got I got a chance to uh, chat with him one on one and in person. Uh, the other thing that was very very exciting was that. Um, Apparently, he is working on a project. He is working on a book, uh, or he's already written the book, uh, about Sam Houston and Texas independence. Uh, apparently, he's doing a series of books uh, related to uh, influential Americans or persons that, influence, that have influenced the development of America. And um, Sam Houston is uh, one of those individuals. Well, he's also going to be doing a series of uh, interviews, and uh, he's going He's got me uh, roped in, uh, and uh, I will be uh, working with him on uh, a couple of segments uh, related to uh, the Alamo and the development of uh, of um, Texas uh, from the uh, American of uh, Mexican point of view, and uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hoping I can contribute enough to uh, to uh, his efforts. Uh, the other thing that um, that uh, occurred also was um, that uh, there is great discussion uh, regarding what, whether or not uh, the president, uh, this uh, project, or should I say this temporary opening of the government by the president, uh, is going to be successful enough. In fact, I've got my good friend Silvio Canto, who's going to be speaking to us, uh, who's going to be uh, chatting with us in a little while. Uh, 
from Dallas, and uh, we'll be chatting about that. Sylvia and I'll commiserate. Sylvia and I talk a lot all the time about um, the uh, what's going on in uh, in the world of of uh, illegal immigration and other policy issues. And uh, so we're going to be chatting about that. Why, you know, the reaction of the Democrats as well as what we see in the tea leaves as far as that goes. So um, please, 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 um, thank you very much for uh, supporting the program uh, so far. This is our fourth installment, and uh, we uh, hope that you continue to tell folks about it and support us. Uh, So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back after uh, this uh, break. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930, The Answer. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Uh, look, we've got uh, a special uh, friend of mine, a guest, uh, that we're going to chat with in a few moments, uh, Mr. Silvio Canto, who, and who is from, um, Silvio lives in uh, in Dallas, but he and I have uh, been chatting for a long, long time. We've good, we're good friends on on uh, uh, as far as bloggers go, and, it's, and I've been on his show, and he's... Now he's uh, coming on mine, which is pretty exciting. Thank you very much. Are you there, Silvio? I am here. Congratulations <laughs> on your show. Thank you very, very much. Let's chat, Silvio. I'm dying to yes, hear please. your point of view, your thoughts. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, or was it day before yesterday? No, no, I think it was yesterday that the president. Friday, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that the president went ahead and announced that he was going to, uh, that he was going to go ahead and, and reopen the um the government temporarily for 15 days uh, to, but in the meantime, he expects, he expects there to be discussions, negotiations, uh, something happening regarding his uh, desire to have border security, specifically a wall. Um, Tell me, first of all, uh, what do you think of his uh, reopening the, the, um, the government? Was it, is it capitulation? Did he give in? Is what, uh, uh, what do you think about that? Because I, I'm I'm seeing a lot of folks um, with a lot of opinions. Some of them wringing their hands. What do you think? Well, no, I did. I don't think it's capitulation. I I think it's actually uh, pretty smart. Uh, that's I, I thought about it for a while. At first, I, I didn't know exactly what to make of it because it was a very unusual speech. I mean, he just it almost seemed like he was delivering a a progress of the presidency speech. You know, he was talking about this and this and that. So it was an unusual speech. I, I don't take it as capitulation. I think that, uh, I think it's actually smart because what he's done, he's basically said, okay, I'm going to negotiate. I'm going to give you three weeks to, to get something done. Um, if you look at a lot of the polling data, that's what the public wants. The public wants both sides to sit down and fix this. They don't necessarily want one side to win and the other one to lose which is the way it was really before the, the shutdown. So I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to bet on President Trump's instincts here. Uh, and and I'm going to ride with him another three weeks and see what happens. I also think and I was listening to an interview this morning with a congressman, Democrat congressman from Michigan, and he was sounding like there's a few Democrats that actually want to sit down and ne- negotiate. So Let's see where it looks like three weeks from now. But I'm going to trust President Trump's instincts here, George. You know, I will will do the same. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's capitulation. I think he's just uh, I think he just is saying, okay, you know, the two things that are happening here with him opening the uh, the government temporarily is, first of all, he is uh, allowing the um, 
the uh, federal employees to get their back pay. And, um, you know, that's there. I mean, they've got this paid this paid leave, <laughs> apparently, now that they're sure. that they're going to get. And that's going to be good. I mean, they, that's uh, that's that keeps them happy and that keeps them fed, et cetera, et cetera. The second thing that I think is happening is that um, he is uh, he's showing a willingness to um, to uh, work with uh, the Democrats and saying, OK, you know, uh, I, I have opened the uh, government now. They are getting paid. What are you going to do? And right. uh, I, I just I, I just don't think I think he's playing chess on this. So uh, I'm not sure. You yeah. know, now the next question is. What do you think the response is going to be from the Democratic leadership? <laughs> well, and, and that, of course, that's the chance he's taking, because in, in three weeks, uh, if we're right back where we are, um, my sense is that the leadership may continue to say whatever they're saying. But I think the membership, uh, if we could put it that way, uh, the membership seems to be uh, bouncing at a different the distance or singing a different song, because <laughs> A lot of these representatives are from districts that were, I mean, most of them didn't even run with Nancy Pelosi. Twenty-two of the Democrats who won elections said they were not going to support Nancy Pelosi, 20 or 22. So it's not like they owe Nancy Pelosi anything, uh, and if you know what I mean. Yes. It's, they're just kind of, I mean, they're in the same party, but that's as far as they go. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna bet, I could be wrong, but I'm going to bet that there is some kind of a deal. Um, it, it won't be necessarily called a, a wall, but there's going to be some kind of a barrier. Something is going to make us all happy, I think. Um, that's my sense. I, I think there's something there. I, I just kind of get the feeling that there's that there are negotiations going on behind the curtain that are maybe going to be more promising uh, a few weeks from now, George. I, I you know, I agree. Again, uh, again, I think I, I really do believe I, there there are cracks beginning to show uh, among the the, um, the Democrats, and um, you know, I, I think this hard line by by Nancy Pelosi is uh, is really starting to wear thin with a lot of these folks. And uh, I, I just, you know, I, I I I'm I'm optimistic. On the other hand. Uh, if nothing happens, what do you think is going to happen? Well, that's uh, everybody thinks of of the uh, you know of the emergency route, but right. I heard there's some other route that he can take. I understand that there are some some funds in the Department of Defense or some funds in in the National Security Homeland Security Department. One of those two, I don't remember, but there are some funds that can be used for specifically to cut down on drug trafficking or for example if they identify a particular area where there's a lot of drug trafficking that they can use funds to build a fence there i don't know exactly what the statue is but it's in there it's in the right in one of the budgets so he may be using that uh which would not require an emergency so that that's the direction he's going to go but i'm going to bet right now that we're not going to be closing the government in three weeks, that there's going to be a different approach to all of this. Uh, but I, I'm going to bet, I just feel like trusting President Trump's instincts at this point. I'm going to give him a chance to work this one out. I, you know, I, I the man is a master negotiator. The man uh, is, is a master when it comes to to uh, playing poker, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this this situation uh with uh with with trying to figure out what to do you know how to get his his uh goal accomplished uh i i think it's been very very interesting to watch i i really do have think think that it's been very very interesting to watch um the yeah i think so i think so go ahead, I, go ahead. I, i'm really no i'm willing to bet uh on him for the next three weeks i i just <laughs> I, I don't think he's he, I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, I'll just put it that way. And I'll bet on President Trump uh, in these next three weeks. Now, of course, the, the flip side of that, to be totally frank about it, the flip side of that is that is that there is a capitulation. Let, let's just say that people like you and I get discouraged, right, and uh, and turn off. Well, that that could put his reelection in jeopardy. Exactly. But, but I don't think so. I don't think so. At no. least not right now, George. No, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, you know, the folks that are that are that are freaking out right now. I'm not, um, 
you know, I, I'm just, I'm just don't see the end of the world. I just don't see it as, as the end of the world. Let me ask you one, yeah. la- one, one, sure. one last question. Um, and I'm, I may be catching you off guard. Uh, the, uh, Maduro situation or the, the, mm-hmm. um, the situation in Venezuela, uh, I was at an event last night here in San Antonio and I met a former Miss Venezuela, very, very mm-hmm. good looking young lady. Um, yes. But she is the one here. Who ran for Congress, the one who ran for Congress. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, the, in Houston, yeah, right. Exactly. She I, was I had the chance to talk to her. Yeah, yeah, and she was. I mean, she was t- painting such a dire uh, mm-hmm. picture of what's been happening in in uh, in in, in uh, Venezuela. Uh, do you think we're going to be seeing more Venezuelans uh, coming to the United States, um, like we're seeing well, all of these uh, Central Americans at this point? No, I, I, I don't think so, because I think it's going to get fixed. Uh, I don't think Maduro is going to last too much longer. Now, when I say that, I don't mean it could be a few more weeks, but I don't, he doesn't have any track to survive. More and more governments are recognizing the, the head of the legislature as the president, which means that he's, I mean, Maduro is no longer going to be able to, to negotiate on behalf of Venezuela with banks and international banks and international agencies. So I, I don't think he's going to survive. They say that he's got the army, but I don't see the Venezuelan army shooting uh, at the Venezuelan people. There may be some radical elements, but I think for the most part, the common soldier is not going to shoot on his own people. So I, I don't, I think... Especially when they're starving. Maduro, yes. Uh, but if I was Maduro, I'd be looking for, I'd be trying to figure out, i get my GPS ready and try to find out where the Cuban embassy is in yeah. Caracas. <laughs> And try to get uh, get over there, or either that or Mexico. Mexico might not be a bad place for him to go. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Yes, uh, I remember. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of leftists have gone have gone there. You know. Uh, speaking yeah. of, speaking of the situation sure. in Cuba, um, I really want to get you on the show because I'd like to uh, to to find out your recollections of uh, when you were. I, I know that you were very very little when when uh, sure. you you left, but I would like to hear you know, recollections or, or stories of uh, your family coming to the United States and what you left behind. Well, yes, uh, I, I would love to anytime, George. That's a topic, of course, uh, near and dear to my heart. And uh, I would love to uh, to do that, you know, anytime that uh, anytime that you want to invite me on. I would love to do it. It's, maybe, uh, it's a maybe. part of my life that is a long time ago, but it's still uh, that part of your life that doesn't go away. You always think about it. You know? Well, well, you know, I mean, you know, it's very, very interesting because uh, you know we've got folks like Miss Ocasio Cortez, who okay. uh, seem to uh, who seem to think that uh, you know that's that's the direction our economy and our politics ought to go. And I, you know, maybe they ought to sit down and listen to uh, folks uh, like you that have a story to tell about it. Uh, you know so- what they say <laughs> that a socialist uh, is someone was never actually lived under socialism. Um, I think these socialists... <laughs> or is one of the elite. <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah, socialist uh, is someone who has never actually lived under, under socialism. They, you know, they see it as some kind of a romantic, um, how can I put it, some kind of a romantic fairy tale. Yes. But it isn't. I mean, it's the exact opposite. There's nothing romantic <laughs> about it, believe me. Oh. Sylvia, please tell the folks how they can uh, follow up uh, and uh, follow you on uh, on Facebook or, or uh, social media. Tell us, tell us yeah, where they the can find thing, you. The, yeah, the easiest thing to do is just type uh, on, on the Internet or whatever search you're using, uh, Canto, C-A-N-T-O, talk, T-A-L-K, and that'll come, my blog as, as well as the, the podcast will come up and I uh, would love to hear from people, and if you've got some ideas, uh, we always like to hear those, too. And if you tune in once in a while, you might even cut your friend George. There's a voice, <laughs> familiar voice named George who comes on our show once in a while. <laughs> thank you very much. Sylvia, thank you for, for joining us today, and uh, have a great day. You, too. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And uh, that was my friend uh, Sylvia Canto talking, uh, talking to us about... Uh, uh, his uh, thoughts uh, of uh, this uh, temporary uh, closing of the uh, or temporary opening of the government and where we're going to go with that. You know, uh, it, it is I've, I've got to again, I've got to I've got to emphasize, folks, it's not, to me, it is not the end of the world. I think the gentleman, I think our president is playing poker 
uh, and uh, chess at the same time while, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi and the and Democratic leadership is sitting over there playing um, checkers or, uh, you know, uh, old maid with their cards. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but uh, I, I just don't think that it's the end of the world. I really don't. You know, I, I, if worse comes to worse uh, in this situation, you know, uh, will he shut down the, the, the government? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's I, I'd hate to see it happen again. But then again, if he did it, here's my worst case scenario. If there is a worst case scenario where he's where he has to close down the government because nothing has happened on the part of the Democrats. I think that he can close it down again temporarily. Wait until everybody, you know, until the uh, pressure builds on the, on the on the Democrats and then he can open it up again temporarily so that the uh, so that the uh, government employees can get paid. They're going to get paid anyway. Uh, and if there's going to be this game that's being played, well, then, you know, let's uh, let's keep going with it. So um, that's you know, that's uh, uh, that's what I think. But at the same time, uh, maybe like like Silvio uh, was saying, maybe we're not going to reach that point. Uh, we're going to uh, now uh, go ahead and, and, and change topics. Let me go ahead and change topics. Uh, I think it's very, very interesting. Uh, I, I read a very, very <coughs> interesting um, press release that came out yesterday. And this is very, very this is, uh, you know, when we talk about politics on this show, my friends, we are talking about national politics. Yes. But let's remember that our country is based on local politics. It is based. The Constitution is based on a grassroots assumption that local politics, that the local citizen prevails. OK, that the local citizen is the one that mandates government. OK, and uh, consequently, local government, uh, local government activities by far, uh, voting are very, very are, are, are the, in my opinion, the most important, the most important thing for the uh, for uh, the uh, citizen to undertake to to uh, to do. Uh, the interesting the the the, the um, uh, item that came out yesterday came out of the. Um, uh, was uh, came out of the Texas State uh, Secretary's office, David Whitley. Texas election, it says, Texas election officials on Friday, and that was yesterday, Friday, uh, found that there were tens of thousands of people uh, whose U.S. citizenship could not be confirmed that have cast ballots in, in several elections within the state in the past 22 years. State uh, Texas State um, Secretary David Whitley said that uh, a year long evaluation found that there were now get 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 ready get get ready for this. He found ninety five thousand ninety five thousand people described as non citizens who were registered to vote in the state. Of that number, of that number, of that ninety five thousand, fifty eight thousand have been voting in elections between nineteen ninety six and twenty eighteen. Picture that. Picture that. You know, just as we have a border crisis, you know, the Democrats uh, are always denying that we have a border crisis. Well, they equally deny that voter fraud exists. There are many, many times that we have seen, you know, uh, Democrats take to the uh, Texas state floor or to Congress in, in Washington and say that um, that the issue of uh of uh, voter fraud, it, it's a farce. But here we've got 95,000, 95,000 that we have found that the state, uh, that the state secretary found. And 58,000 of them were, ha, have been um, involved in elections, in voting, in, in voting. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Uh, on January, January 31st, 2017, January 31st, 2017, the Brenham, the Brenham Center for Justice, it's a liberal think tank in Washington, D.C., the, the Brennan Center for Justice. They proclaimed that fraud is, is rare. That's what they said. Well, 95,000, <laughs> 58,000 
I don't know how rare that is, you know, how rare it is. Uh, Again, the problem that we've got is absentee voting, you know, and outdated uh, voter rolls. Those are the prime tools that uh, impact on voter fraud. Absentee voting, absentee ballots, uh, they have to be verified. But unfortunately, absentee ballots aren't verified. And the county rolls, of course, you know, they've got to be cleaned up and updated because people move in, people move out, people die. And their, uh, their voter registration uh, cards continue to be on, on file. Their, their numbers, their information continues to be on file, even though they're not there. However, however, uh, you know, we've got, to, uh, we've got to make sure that votes, that, that uh, elections uh, are, are clean. There is nothing that, that really, really impacts on people's morale, on the morale of a government on the citizens than when there is voter fraud, my friends, because, you know, it, 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 they throw their hands in the air. It, it impacts uh, on, on their uh, sense of uh, what's the point. You know, they, get, they, they really, really feel what's, what's the point of, of, uh, of having uh, elections. I mean, I talk to a lot of folks in the, San, in the Texas Rio Grande Valley who literally have surrendered themselves, who literally have given up because of voter fraud, because they feel that, you know, what's the point? And so the voting, the actual voting of uh, the voting numbers, the percentages of people voting in, uh, in, in the Rio Grande Valley, for example, is very, very low, comparably speaking, for local elections. Very low, very low. That's, that's, that's terrible. And here's another example. Here's another example of that. This, uh, this, this example uh, came out, this, this came out, a uh, couple of days ago on Thursday here in San Antonio, here in San Antonio, go figure uh, Enrique Salazar Ortiz, an illegal alien from Mexico who's been living here in the United States for a while. He used a stolen ID to vote at the local polling places. And uh, he was caught and he's been, he was sentenced on, uh, on Thursday, January 24th. He was convicted of making false statements on his passport application of illegally voting, and of aggravated identity theft. Uh, Salazar Ortiz has been living in this little community of Elmendorf, which is just south of San Antonio, and uh, he's going to be serving three years in, in the pen. He used, here's the problem, again, we talked about voter rolls, vote, cleaning the voter rolls. He's been using the name Jesse Vargas Jr. to vote. Uh, that was the most recent name that he used. Jesse Vargas to vote in the 2016 election, although it's unclear how many times he's used other names to vote illegally. Now, this guy Vargas, this person Vargas uh, is a, a, a real person, is a real citizen. They found this uh, this uh, or a man. They found the authorities have been able to find uh, this Vargas person uh, who used to live in Elmendorf, where uh, the Salazar Ortiz lives, has been living. He once lived in Elvendor, but he now lives in California. He's a 57-year-old guy who's living in California. According to Bear County Election Ad- Administrator Jackie Callallen, uh, Salazar Ortiz, or someone, because they're still, they're still investigating, uh, but uh, Salazar Ortiz or someone else uh, used Vargas's ID to vote in local elections. In local elections. And they've been doing it since 1994 because they have been able to, to uh, look at Vargas's voting record and they found it, <laughs> except for the fact that Vargas doesn't live in California, doesn't live in Texas. So, uh, uh, you know, it shows the need to clean and update the voter rolls. It also shows the need to have uh, to, to have uh, voter ID uh, requirements. It really does. However, again. Democrats and liberals are always arguing that uh, updating, somehow updating the voter rolls and somehow uh, requirements of voter ID, that it discriminates against minority voters. My my friends, voter fraud exists and it harms the voice of the people. It harms folks who are uh, uh, who are, are interested in. In, in being involved in government. It turns them off. It turns them off. Uh, back in October 2018, uh, 
the Public Interest Legal Foundation, they discovered that the, te- that the um, uh, Democratic Party of Texas was asking non-citizens to register to vote. So, I mean, it, this, this goes on, my friends. They were sending out, they caught them sending out applications that were already filled out that with the um, citizen check, with the citizenship question checked off. They were already, the, reg, the, the registration form, the box for citizenship was already checked off. You know, uh, county district attorneys and federal uh, justice department officials uh, were asked to see um, what laws had been broken. But, you know, the evidence was very, very clear. There was even affidavits that had been signed by by uh, people who said that their uh, relatives who aren't citizens had received the form already filled out. Uh, These are the problems that we've got, my friends, in local politics here in San Antonio, for example, here in San Antonio, uh, we are uh, always talking about how important it is for conservatives to get involved in local politics for conservatives to have good candidates. Okay. But my friends, if we don't go to the polls, what good is it? If we don't go to the polls, what good is it? What's happening? What happens when we don't go to the polls, my friends, is that it, a vacuum is there and it gets filled by the wrong elements. It gets filled by the wrong elements. We're going to go for, to, a, to a quick little break and then we'll come back for our, our final segment uh, or do we know we're, we're yeah, we're going to go to break. Uh, and then, uh, we'll come back for, uh, our final. Oh, oh okay. Well, let me tell you. Uh, apparently we've run out of time, but friends, uh, fun, you know, it, we, we, uh, time flies when you're having fun. So until next week, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from KLUP, 9.30 a.m. Thank you for, for being with us. Tell your friends, join us again. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.